Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, Busy day. The breaking news out of East Tennessee, uh, perhaps uh, bringing the NCAA to its knees, will have legal analysis on that coming up here uh, in a few minutes. Uh, This is it. Federal judge granting a temporary injunction in the Tennessee versus NCAA case. And essentially, NIL does not exist at this hour. It has been frozen. So uh, it is truly a uh, stupefying decision expected, but still amazing to digest. Uh, Brandon Marcello, one of the national Political, not like political, one of the national, I should have said political, uh, one of the national football columnists is joining us now. Uh, Brandon, thank you very, very much. Uh, just try to f- put this into perspective, what it, what it could mean. We know it's going to be appealed, but right now the NCAA is in big trouble. Yeah, NCAA cannot enforce any of its NIL rules. So it was already happening, as we know, of, of players being tempted to go elsewhere with bigger NIL deals in the transfer portal and even recruiting. But now the judge is saying nationally, not just in the state of Tennessee, not just in the state of Virginia, nationally that the NCAA cannot enforce its rules. It cannot go after these schools. It cannot investigate them for NIL quote unquote violations. The rules are off the books. There is no rules out there for NIL at this very moment. And so the NCAA, again, chalking up yet another big loss. And, of course, they haven't won anything uh, in, in the courtroom the last three years, really, since the Alston case. And this will just continue. And, again, it's once again, I wrote a call about this earlier in the week, about how the SEC and the Big Ten have become together, of course, to talk about the future of the college football playoff, but most importantly, the future of what the NCAA looks like, what enforcement looks like, and obviously, the NCAA has been trying to get ahead of this. And by saying get ahead of it, I mean playing catch up by saying, hey, here's an idea. Maybe the universities can directly pay players $30,000 a year and we can separate that into a separate division. Again, we're on a long road right now to the inevitable, Paul. And that road is going to lead us to a point where players will be employees of these universities and the universities are going to end up paying them. And much like the NFL, we're going to see collective bargaining and all of that coming soon. I believe to college athletics, it might take a little bit longer time to get there, but again, I think it's just inevitable. And this is yet just another chapter in the book. Brandon, I realize Charlie Baker is an improvement over the previous commissioner or president of the NCAA, but uh, my dog would be an improvement over Mark Emmert. Um, but it just seems like 
he's 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 just there's no way he's even he's not even catching up on the same street. Uh, and he, I don't think any I don't think he has any existence anymore other than to chair a bunch of seminars that, that that academicians like to go to because right now, as you pointed out in your piece, I mean this thing is a million miles down the road. So as you've explained. Uh, from a court standpoint, I realize you're, you're a commentator, uh, not a legal scholar, but what in the world can the NCAA do now other than just continue to throw money uh, after, after the, uh, up in the wind? Well, they continue to throw Hail Marys at Congress. They're trying to get Congress involved, and it's very clear that Congress is just dragging its feet and is not going to get anything done. The idea of getting guardrails in place to... Uh, legislate NIL and then enforce guidelines that can then turn into rules for the NCAA, that seems to be coming off the books potentially uh, altogether. And I think that this is the biggest blow yet to that uh, journey for the NCAA to try and get help from Congress. Listen, let's make no mistake. Charlie Baker was brought in because of his political background previously as a governor, and he comes in trying to convince with his connections in Washington to maybe get some support in Congress. That hasn't happened, and I don't believe it's certainly going to happen at this point with what this ruling just came down today with the University of Tennessee, I should say the state of Tennessee, but really what's affecting the University of Tennessee is its upcoming case. But just the future of college athletics as a whole, it's very clear that since the Alston case, these federal judges in the courtroom are saying, listen, the president's been set two to three years ago. You guys have been violating antitrust laws. You cannot limit players or human beings from earning what they can get on the fair market. And again, we're moving closer and closer to the possibility, and I believe a real dialogue among the leadership in the NCAA, and of course right now sparking in the SEC and the Big Ten about, listen, we're going to have to probably start paying players ourselves on the university level outside of NIL deals. Those will continue. There's no way to legislate that. But at some point, players, others, and the Players Association of some sort is going to be formed, and people are going to start challenging the idea that, yes, room and board is just enough. That's enough for you for us to profit off of your name, image, and likeness as a university student that's just not going to hold water very much longer and again i believe that that is coming sooner rather than later randy you talk to a lot of coaches uh that's what you do um and and they've been stuck on the same script for a couple of years now i mean do you think all this is going to affect how they communicate because quite frankly there is a tremendous disconnect is there not Oh, absolutely. And listen, legendary coaches, including Nick Saban, who just retired in, in, in this week, saying things like, well, what will Coach Bowden think at this point? Well, the point really that he's missing is that things change year to year to year and over years. College football is not what it used to be, and it never will be again. Like it or not, people are going to have to adjust and change with the times and try to get ahead of everything to make everything transition as smoothly as, possi uh, as possible. Instead, coaches and some administrators have dug their feet in the ground and said, we want things to remain the same. That's not going to happen. There's been a massive tidal wave that has overtaken the country, and you're not going to stick your head above the water and clear the water out magically. you got to ride the wave and figure out a way to stay afloat. And administrators are finally starting to realize that, I think, in the SEC and Big Ten level, and even to a certain extent, Paul, I know we like to throw the NCAA under the bus a lot,
but even to a certain extent, the NCAA. The issue there, though, of course, is them to continue to try and pursue this aspect of getting Congress involved to help put NIL guardrails in and limit what players can earn and limit what players can do. It's clear since the Alston case, again, that you just cannot do that. And so coaches that go out there and go, we got, you know, players should be getting paid all this money. We should have a capped NIL and all this stuff. That's not how the free market works. That's not how anything works in America. Why do we believe we can put that system in place in the NCAA? It's just the old way of thinking. They're trying to evolve things slowly. And the fact of the matter is the NCAA has been 100 years behind everybody in the first place. To think that we can just jump ahead 50 years and say we're just 50 years behind right now, that's not a way of doing business. It's not the way of doing things on the collegiate level. And again, the day is coming to where they're going to have to pay these players directly as a university, as student employees. The old adage of student-athletes, that will change to student employees because that's what they have been and that's what they will be in the future. You might want to tell Charlie Baker, who the head of the NCAA, in an interview the other day with ESPN, I mean, he used that word uh, – like you throw around the world, coach. Uh, it, it was a. It, it just has to go. Uh, and, but administrators love it. Hey, Brandon, fantastic analysis. Thank you very much. Uh, the breaking news and uh, Brandon Marcella joining us from 24/7. Always great to have him on. We'll get we'll get some legal analysis. This story just broke, and I realize some of you may be uh, getting home, getting in your car, getting wherever you are getting. Uh, but it is a significant moment in time. Uh, that a uh, judge in Tennessee uh, has essentially struck down the NIL. Right now, uh, it, is, it is the wild, wild west, and it's sanctioned by the federal judicial system. We'll take a break, some legal analysis, some more conversation. Darren Heitner, one of the leading sports minds, sports legal minds in the country, will join us next. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. Back. Breaking news from East Tennessee. We've been waiting for 
this judge's decision. Uh, now let's get some legal analysis. We've tried to give the sports analysis, the political analysis. Darren Heitner now, one of the uh, leading voices from the, the sports world when it comes to uh, court cases and legal analysis. Uh, Darren, thank you very, very much. Always great to have you, especially on a breaking story like this. Uh, give us uh, what you can uh, gather at this moment, uh, especially what all this really means. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it, it's monumental. There's no other way to state it. The judge here just weeks ago said that the plaintiffs, the attorneys general from Tennessee and Virginia, could not prove irreparable harm, denied a motion for temporary restraining order, and then just a couple of weeks later says, you know what, I've heard some testimony. I've gotten a declaration from Josh Heupel. I believe there is irreparable harm because there's suppressed NIL compensation. It's not compensable by monetary damages. If at the end of this trial, it's determined that the plaintiffs prevail, these athletes who are not able to really understand and negotiate their monetary value will never get any benefit of the relief at the end of a trial and said, essentially, this form of extraordinary relief in the form of a preliminary injunction must be granted. And while it only affects technically those in this particular district, you better believe that similar to what happened in the transfer portal case, that the NCAA is going to understand that it can take a risk and say it is going to enforce its rules elsewhere. I would assume that the NCAA is going to quickly say, once again, we desperately need help from Congress, but without that help, it's open. It's open for collectives, boosters, athletes to negotiate deals before athletes are ever committed or enrolled at universities. So, Darren, let's, let's pause for a second because you said something critically important there. But in Indianapolis, and these, the whole committee on infraction bunch was meeting yesterday not far from where I sit because I saw them. Um, I don't know where they are on this Friday afternoon other than maybe at a friendly bar, but what, what, do they have any move here? Uh, I mean, you can always appeal, but what does that really mean? You can appeal, but it's very unlikely that this is going to get overturned on appeal. And, oh, by the way, it's going to take some time for that to be adjudicated. In the meantime, what's very important is nestled at the end of this 13-page opinion is that the NCA's rule of restitution does not apply. So essentially, during any gap, if in fact this is appealed, the court is taking a very strong position, as we also saw in that transfer portal case, which is that if the NCA tries to act in any way to punish an athlete or punish an institution for the acts of its boosters and collectives, that would be against this court's order. And so while any appellate process plays out, you better believe there will be collectives and boosters engaging in very direct communications with athletes who are either in the process or considering transferring, as well as athletes who are in high school and are considering where they wish to attend college. We're chatting with Darren Heitner, who, who teaches this, uh, who is one of the, considered one of the preeminent sports trademark and, and sports NIL attorneys in the country. Darren you said something that we expect the NCAA now to go to Congress and say this is the 
This is Armageddon. This is what we were, we were warning you about. And I'm not trying to turn you into a political analyst, but I don't understand the route, uh, but considering you just saw one of the reddest states in the country uh, turn green uh, on this particular issue. Uh, does that really, do you think anybody in Congress is going to buy this? I've learned over time to never try to understand the strategy that the NCA is putting forth. <laughs> it, has, it has begged Congress for how many years now, Paul? Going even before July 1, 2021, we've had over 10 hearings on Capitol Hill with respect to NIL. We've had multiple bills that have been sponsored, none of which ever reaching the floor for even a debate. And yet the NCA has consistently said, even with its most recent proposal to modify its NIL rules, that it desperately needs congressional intervention. I, I believe it's out of options at this point. And what you're going to see, look, already there was a lot of communications between athletes in high school and athletes who have already entered into the transfer portal or are considering it, having communications with collectives, with boosters, perhaps even with individuals within the universities. But the fact of the matter is, even then, the NCA was not willing to take any action against athletes, but only recently decided it was going to investigate schools and perhaps institute punishment against them. We saw the negotiated agreement with FSU and ultimately an investigation about Tennessee, which probably led to this litigation. The court said, we're not putting forth this order because we're trying to protect the University of Tennessee. We're doing it to protect the athletes. And I just cannot fathom why all of a sudden Congress is going to be receptive to the pleas and the cries of Charlie Baker and the rest of the NCAA. So let me let me broaden this because uh, you, you you said something earlier uh, on social media about the wild, wild west, which is what we hear from. That's primarily a college football coach comment. I want you to uh, expand that and elaborate on, on, on how how, how dif different perhaps the the playbook is going to be for coaches because we're about to see them at spring meetings and uh, at media days for them to go on their usual rant uh, about this subject i think any coach who is complaining about the system that is now present and now actually confirmed and approved by this federal judge is doing himself and his program a disservice this is the reality. And in order to effectively compete, you need to roll with the punches and understand what it is going to take to get the best athletes to your program. It means supporting the collectives or the specific collective that is associated with the school. It's supporting the boosters. It's not necessarily directing those boosters to try to fund these different programs to enhance your facilities, but instead pumping it towards the players pumping it towards those individuals who are actually providing the product that we're all watching every Saturday. And so the, the, the rampant complaints are not going to do these coaches any good. If they want to maintain their jobs, if they want to excel, now's the time to start embracing it and stop crying about it. And, you know, we, we're now even seeing federal courts saying that the rules cannot be enforced. So what is there to cry about anymore? Darren, from a, a legal standpoint, we, we've seen so many important cases uh, involving college athletics going back to the Georgia and Oklahoma case in, in the mid-'80s, O'Bannon, which opened some of these doors a couple of years ago, Alston. Um, 
This, is, this case is only partway through the system, although it may end here. How important do you think this particular case is going to be regarded and remembered as? Right now, I think, you know, it, it's preliminary, and I, I'm just getting through reading the 13 pages of this order, but it looks like this can be number one on the list. O'Bannon was huge. Alston was gigantic. And I'm, I'm sure that cases that are filtering through the system right now that relate to whether or not college athletes should be determined to be employees will probably supersede this specific case. But as we sit here today, February 23, 2024, this order, I, I, I can't diminish the significance. It is so important. And one, the first thought that I had when I'm reading this is, it's sort of the perfect storm that's been created. I mean, I, I've always been an athlete advocate. I've always believed that athletes deserve the right to benefit from their NIL. But the NCA has fought so hard to prevent athletes from being classified as employees. So now these athletes aren't earning salaries, but they're also not restricting themselves by way of employment contracts. It's It's essentially... It, it, it's, it's a free market. It's free agency with no restrictions whatsoever, no rules anymore if, if we're going to abide by this order. And so not only has a vacuum been filled by the fact that they're not salaried and they're not entering into employment agreements, but there's an argument to be made that they now have more power than if they were salaried employees. Incredible. We'll leave it there. Darren, it's been a busy day. We appreciate very much your, uh, your contribution. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you. I just want to pause for a second uh, as we uh, say goodbye to Darren, just to, to think about what he just got through saying. Uh, I listed three or four of the most important cases in the history of modern intercollegiate athletics. And one of the, if not the leading expert in the field, Darren Heitner, who teaches this in law schools, who lectures on it, who has written about it, who has appeared in front of Congress, just got through saying this may be number one. I think he did say it's number one. I mean, that is a significant moment. I realize it's Friday and everybody's heading out for the weekend and expecting frivolity here, but uh, Darren said it all. I mean, this, this case as we speak, just having broken from East Tennessee, is going to forever change college athletics. We'll take a short break. Adam Sparks, who's been covering it from Knoxville, will join us next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Go back for the last 90 minutes. This has been the story ruling college sports. Uh, the federal judges ruling against the NCAA, barring the NCAA from enforcing its rules prohibiting NIL compensation from being used to recruit athletes. The judge granted a preliminary injunction requested by the attorney generals of Tennessee and Virginia. The ruling undercuts what has been a fundamental principle of NCAA's model of amateurism for decades. Third parties cannot pay recruits to attend a school. The judge writes that the NCAA's prohibition likely violates federal antitrust law and arms athletes. Uh, an incredibly important story. You just heard Darren Heidner say this may be the most important story in, in mo- at least modern uh, college sports history. There have been a lot of important stories many uh, over the years. Adam Sparks, who first told us about this and has been covering it intensely and intently for the Knoxville News Sentinel. Adam, thank you very much. I know it's been a busy afternoon, but uh, what has been the reaction on Rocky Top to uh, this ruling today? Well, the, the 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 thought is that this is a win for UT first, and I guess the state of Tennessee second. Obviously, it's it's a federal lawsuit. Uh, state attorney general in Tennessee led the way in this. Um, but you know, when it comes to college football, I, I think people are have more loyalties, obviously, to their to the school and their team more than whatever side of the law that they think they should be on. Um, you know, it can. Like politics, college football can get very tribal, you know, and the immediate question that I got from fans around Tennessee, around UT, was, is this good for UT? <laughs> Whatever's good for UT, I'm for that. You know, I was when I was at the hearing last week in, in Greenville, at the, at the hearing for this injunction, I, I ran into an older gentleman there who was coming just to sit in the gallery, and he was a, he was a UT fan, had a Power T Tennessee cap on, and uh, I said, "What are you hoping for today?" And he said, "I don't know, but whatever it means, whatever it means for a UT win, that's what I'm for." And I said, "Well, you know, that could mean that you know, 18 year old kids can negotiate openly and get hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, and drive up the price from school to school." And he said, "Again, whatever's good for UT, that's what I'm for." And I do think there's some there's some there's some truth in that that I, a lot of fans. Uh, a lot of fans are for something that helps their school that they could be against later on. Um, and, and I think that's completely fair because we're all learning this minute by minute, what, what the ramifications of this could be. But, you know, this is probably going to end up in athletes having collective bargaining. I think that's probably the most reasonable way to go because that puts some, some parameters about, you know, where the market is. Uh, but initially, this is going to be like like what has been said over and over, close to the wild, wild west, if not all the way there, because you are going to see recruits and transfers now go to different NIL collectives and openly say, this school is offering me this much, you have to match it or do better. 
and then going to the third school and the fourth school and the fifth school. We know some of that happens already, but it's just going to be more out in the open. I mean, any reporter has heard stories the last couple of years of recruits coming into a collective or a coach or whoever and a sheet of paper being slid across the table with a number on it. Uh, that can now be out in the open, and there's not going to be any guesswork involved. These, these recruits are going to be able to say, here's my price, and I'll put that out in, out in the public sphere, and uh, who can match it? And, and that's, that's really the wild, wild west we've been waiting for. And it, it's all, you said something so interesting, Adam, because I, I, I'm just spitballing here, but, but I would guess that gentleman that you talked to, his politics probably don't align with players with their hands out, but the most important thing is Tennessee winning football games, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and that's really what it is. I mean, this, this all started, and the Attorney General in Tennessee admitted this to me on the record, that this all started with the NCAA investigation into UT, into the University of Tennessee. And as best we can tell, it's mostly about NIL. And some of that is surrounding Nico Yamaliava, their, their, their stud five-star quarterback. And, you know, the getting the NIL rules off the book is, is one way that, that potentially could help UT because it's going to be difficult now for the NCAA to enforce rules that are now deemed illegal, even if it's on a temporary basis. They're going to have to go back two or three years and, and try to punish UT for rules that a federal judge says in the present are now illegal. Um, you know, there's ways the NCAA could try to pull that off. It's going to be very, very difficult. I thought there was a key phrase at the very end of the 13-page uh, order from the judge today that emphasized that boosters are protected, that boosters as a third-party entity, a booster as part of a collective, is free to be in the middle of negotiations. And if they're part of the collective, it doesn't matter that they're also a booster to the school. They're seen as part of the collective. And that's probably going uh, to come very near to what, what Tennessee is fighting, uh, what UT is fighting in its case. Because a lot of the allegations, at least that we've seen reported, is that some booster was involved uh, on behalf of the collective and that the NCAA would somehow see that as a booster acting on behalf of the university rather than collective. It gets a little murky, but that, that, that one line at the end of the decision is probably going to help UT more than anything. Yeah, and, and Adam, uh, yeah, I mean, the NCAA can't appeal. We just talked to Darren Heidner. But, but even the, the, the hill that they would have to climb is, is like Mount Everest. And the risk on the other side of it, if they win, could make the NCAA insolvent, according to legal experts, so it's it's hard to believe that they're going to uh, do anything more than than blow a lot of hot air. Would you agree? Yeah, there's a there was a line somewhere in the middle of the decision uh, that where the judge said the NCAA was free to argue, and this means in terms of appeals that it was free to argue, and that could it, they could appeal. I believe he said properly addressed the, that they could address it in a way that that has to do with law to Congress. And the line was Congress has declined to do so. Um, in other words, he's saying you guys can can take this to a higher court, um, but it's pretty clear to me that the law has already ruled on this. And obviously it always goes back to the Austin case and all the Supreme Court cases. Uh, the judge can read the writing on the wall. I, I think he's indicating to the NCAA that, 
you're probably not going to get help at any other court or any other body in this land. You're probably going to need to change your rules or get rid of, of them altogether. Adam, I realize this is a little bit outside the ruling today, but it's usually the NCAA's uh, trade to, to immediately try to say this is the five alarm fire, this is this, this is the end of the world, and we need Congress to bail us out. But uh, you've, you, you, you understand the lay of the land, even in uh, ruby red East Tennessee. And tell me, uh, if, you, if you've talked to any legislators there, uh, especially on the, state le- on, the, on the federal level, that, that are interested in bailing the NCAA out. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter blue or red. Uh, I'll emphasize again, whatever helps your state university <laughs> football team, that's what legislatures are for. And, uh, and in the state of Tennessee, uh, I, I, you know, if you wanted to not get reelected, the easiest thing to say was I support the NCAA in this. Um, in the federal case, in, in the NCAA investigation into UT, any of it. It's just, it's just really hard to get either side of the aisle to back up the NCAA. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about young, young athletes. There's some... Uh, you know, there's some uh, ideas of unions that are involved and exploiting workers involved. I think that's more of the blue side of the aisle. And then when you talk about free trade and capitalism, that's more of the red side of the aisle. And so, you know, there's there's just a lot, a lot of support on both sides of this to let free negotiations occur. And I just don't see a place where the NCAA can turn for support. Adam, uh, it, it's so interesting as as, as this as we end this conversation, the, the role of, of Donde Plowman, who who made a gutsy call three years ago to essentially throw her coach out, and a lot of people said it was all all about financial payout, but in the end, she saved Tennessee from the worst uh, possibility had they had they gone uh, a different route, and now by going against the same group, she may have changed the future of college athletics. Yeah, she she befriended the NCAA in the Jeremy Pruitt case, and then she turned on the NCAA after I'd say the NCAA turned on her and the university in the second case. And you know, I've said it on on your show before. That's as politically savvy as you can be. I'm your best friend today. Tomorrow, I'm your enemy. And it really depends on uh, what benefits uh, what benefits the entity that that I represent. In this case, it's it's University of Tennessee and. She, she's played this as well as she can. She played the last one well, and she's probably done even more so in this one. Well, fantastic job of reporting uh, on this from the beginning, uh, Adam. Uh, we, we are in your debt. Thanks for making time today. I know it's been pretty busy. All right, thanks, Paul. Thank you very much, Adam Sparks. Uh, just a superb reporter uh, that cover, has been covering this from, from the onset. But again, I think we uh, have laid it out as, we, as best we can with uh, about a half a dozen reporters an analyst, uh, you heard the legal uh, opinion of Darren Heitner. I'll repeat it again for anybody who uh, may have just come on board that uh, not only is this likely the death knell of the NCAA enforcement, uh, it may, in his mind, be the most significant court ruling in relation to intercollegiate athletics uh, in generations. We'll take a short break, get back to your phone calls right after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And welcome back. As uh, we continue, we have had uh, nearly two hours of analysis uh, on this case, so we'll uh, open the phone lines and get your opinion. Let's... Uh, Check in with Bobby. Hello, Mr. Fine Mom. This is your professional friend from Delaware. Hello, Bobby. Calling in again and uh, wanted to uh, express my approval and uh, one word comment on the NIL ruling that just transpired. Hallelujah. Uh, also, I would like to tell you that I appreciate very much your uh, opinion on the uh, level of play in the SEC versus the Big Ten. I believe your comment was when Iowa played Michigan in the playoff for the Big Ten championship, it was a (laughs) no-brainer. Yeah, that is correct. Well, Bobby, thank you very much for chiming in. Uh, You be well. You take care of yourself. Uh, Let's uh, check in with Rick in New Orleans. Uh, Hello, Rick. Hello, Paul. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you very much. I am humbled to be let on the show after those two calls from Mr. Heitner and the the young man from Tennessee. I mean, I have an LSU education, so I may not uh, step up to that level of conversation, but I have a... uh, college football analogy as it pertains to your show and specifically Jim from Tuscaloosa. Okay, sure. Um, uh, at one time, and, and you know this, you're a history buff, Yale football was the king, as was Jim on your show. Yeah, what about what, 1903? What's that? Was it about 1903 when they were uh, king of football? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and that's what I'm going to say. Years and years ago, they were the king, and, and so was Jim on your show. But with the expanded coverage of of, of TV coverage, and, and college football became a national entity, and Yale football became insignificant. And I think that's what's happened to Jim on your show. Yeah, I mean, Jim, Jim's like one of these prize fighters that you walk in the Caesars Palace in Vegas and he greets you. And you say, you look at him and you go, didn't you used to be somebody? He said, yeah, yeah, I fought for yeah. the heavyweight championship in 74. And he said, excuse yeah, would you mind getting in my way? I'd like to go to dinner. It's like, nobody wants to talk to that guy. <laughs> and the fact that he's calling into the local shows now and not yours, Hey, well, well here's question. what you need to do. I mean, Jim's not just calling in. He's calling in a local show in, in Tuscaloosa to complain about how bad this show is. <laughs> Which is like like uh, college football has become. It goes back to my analogy. It's yeah. Your show has become a national entity and very significant. And, and Hey, can you get Daryl to quit, too? Uh, that might. Yeah, there, there's a the story about paying callers. We might have to start paying a few. To leave. <laughs> well, hey, look, Paul, love your show, especially today. Mr. Heitner was 
he was extremely. Yeah, now listen, I, I love all the legal analysts, but I, but I thought what he did, uh, unlike some of these TV guys trying to analyze all these court cases, I mean, he made it simple, easy to understand. He gave a declarative analysis without quoting uh, Griswold versus Connecticut. Uh, thanks so much yeah. for the call. Susie is up next. Hi, Paul. Um, good to hear your voice today. First of all, let me thank you for all the people that you have brought on today with this, you know, this breaking news on the injunction. can always turn to your show to really, you know, take the time and have all the different um, people talk from the different, you know, parts of the press or, or whatever. Um, I DVR you every day. I just might have to go back and go over a lot of them again because they're way over my head. But, um, you know, it's like talking about a 13-page thing that you read. I thought I probably wouldn't understand the first paragraph. But um, we really appreciate it, your fans of your show and that, because you continually do that. And I want to thank you again for the high quality of the show. Um, thank you. I wanted to call today um, to to give my um, deepest condolences to um, UGA. Um, I don't know. It maybe someone has already called on about it, but two women students died um, there this week. One was jogging and never returned from her jog, and they found her body in the woods. And another female um, died in a dorm. So. To all the Georgia people out there, um, all the rest of us fans for Tennessee, Alabama, Ole Miss, whatever, our SEC family, um, condolences go out to the family, two of those girls. I, that's just really, really rough. Susie, thank you very much. Unfortunately, we are at the end of the hour, but I'm glad you mentioned the tragedy in Athens. We have one more hour to go here on a Friday afternoon. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.